Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of the 28th episode of Boston's Big Three Podcast. We are your hosts today. I got Brandon, Joe Stafford, and the Spike King on the call today. Uh, we're presented by Ride the Wave Media and brought to you by One in 100. One in 100 is the only online raffle website giving fans and experience seekers the chance to win tickets to live sporting events, concerts, music festivals, and more. Whether it be from your desktop or mobile device, winning tickets to your favorite events has never been so easy and fun. Choose your desired event, purchase a raffle ticket into the draw, and you could be the lucky winner. One in 100 got anything fun coming up? First this week? of all, they're very, very happy because, you know, you got us on Apple. You got they're us on Spotify. Happy. You know, let me just do this right here. If you know, those are watching. I'm not worthy. Not worthy. Producer. They're very, very happy. They have a two for one deal going on today. So by the time that anyone hears this, it's going to expire. But this weekend, just keep, uh, keep an eye out. Two for one deals. They got a lot of Celtics and Bruins coming up, and um, we're just trucking along, man. You just gotta wait till the playoffs come for the Bruins those, and Celtics. That's when you gotta cash in. Those tickets are gonna get hot soon, so one in one hundred is gonna be the way to go on those. Yeah, 100%. both teams are very, very good. But today's show, we got a lot to talk about. A lot of Patriots talk to get into Super Bowl, and then the passing of Kobe Bryant. We'll get into later. But uh, to start, I think Tom Brady had a I. I have notifications on for whenever Tom Brady posts, like a Twitter, on Instagram, anything. So I'll get those notifications. And I got one yesterday, and it didn't have anything on it. And I'm just like, what does this mean? What does this mean? I saw what like, you said. You said that having no caption is very bold. Yeah. So like, it's like so the subliminal message that is is associated with not having a caption, and you're like, you're one of the most talked about athletes in this in this time when you're a free agent, you're on the market, you could potentially be leaving the team that's like or the, the area you've called home for the last 20 years. And then going back into it, it's like you've probably seen it by now. It's the black and white photo of Tom Brady walking through a tunnel at Gillette Stadium. I looked at it the first time. I didn't even think about it, but subliminally it looked like to me he was walking towards the field. And then someone posted like, is he walking towards or away from And I, you kind of zoom in and he's like, oh, I don't know. Like you got to like, is he going towards it? Is he going away from it? And you start looking at the angles where his leg is, if his left leg or if it's his right leg standing up. You don't know where he's going. What do you guys think about this uh, this crazy, cryptic Tom Brady post from yesterday? Uh, so Tom Brady posts this out of nowhere, black and white, walking in or walking out from Gillette Stadium. We don't really know. Um, but I, it's eerily similar to what the late Kobe Bryant posted before his last game in the NBA, uh, the same exact picture pretty much, except it was Tom Brady and not Kobe Ryan, obviously. Um, I think this is it. I'm not going to lie to you. All the stuff I've been seeing, Gronk encouraging him to go to free agency. Jason McCourty went on uh, Good Morning Football, I think, and said, I'm not sure where he's going to play next year. And this is really the first time New England fans have had to deal with something mm-hmm. this controversial. And we've been blessed for the past 20 years with just consistency and consistency. And now we're going into some uh, unknown, untraveled waters here. And um, I think it's exciting for the fan base, but also at the same time, nerve-wracking. Tom Brady, he's been the guy for so long, and now it might not be, might not be a certainty anymore. Um, my Raiders take is starting to look better and better. There's been some, <laughs> uh, some talks about uh, him buying property in Las Vegas, him him going to Tampa Bay as a dark horse, as a sleeping giant. For the record, uh, he's, pro- he's purchased property in all 50 states at this point. At this point, yeah. It's it's all speculation. Um, I think people are kind of overreacting a little bit to it. Free agency opens in March. He's not going to he's gonna take his time with this. He's not going to just jump into a team uh, before free agency even opens. Um, I would be very shocked to see if he actually announces something this weekend 
during the Super Bowl. I know I've seen some some speculation about whether or not he's going to actually declare and kind of like rain on the Chiefs and 49ers parade a little Mm -hmm. bit. I don't buy that. He's going to take a while to decide. Um, But as I see it right now, Tom Brady's gone. Wow. So, first of all, for all those people that are listening to this right now, I thank you for listening. For those who are watching, thank you for watching. You know me. You know the Spike King. You know Brian. You know Babs and how positive and how uplifting he can be. The power of positivity. The guy that defends the wall. The guy that sticks for everybody on the Patriots. And I'm going to tell you this episode because we were talking about this off the air. And everything that's been going on this week has absolutely pissed me off. And I'm totally against it. And right now what we're starting is this Tom Brady Instagram post. And I saw this yesterday. I looked at it. In my DMs, people are always like, what's this mean? And it goes back to like where it said, stay Tom. And then Brady posts, love y'all. And then everyone wants to dissect it. Like, what does it mean when he says that? So I took about 12 hours to just, you know, let me eat this. And let me just like think about it. And uh, to be honestly, to be honest about it, I'm pissed at Brady. I'm pissed that he's using social media and using this free agency to turn things around. And it reminds me of Gronkowski. We already went two years straight of doing this right after Super Bowl 52. They asked him if he's going to retire. He started playing around with people's feelings. And then he did it last year. And he screwed the New England Patriots last year because he waited 12 days after free agency. And then he retired when the Belichick could have known, hey, are you retiring? Yes, I'm going to be done. That's it. Okay, now we have an extra month and a half to decide what we're going to do, what we're going to spend in free agency, and what, what we're going to go after for a tight end. Rob Gronkowski screwed us. And since then, Rob Gronkowski keeps using the social media to say he's coming back. You know what I mean? He's playing with us. And this is what it's starting to feel like with Brady now. And Brady has all the rights he wants to do with that. That's cool. I get it. You know, he's going to test the market. He's testing free agency. He wants to see his worth. He's putting himself out there. But I'm looking at it as New England Patriots. It's team first, not an individual. Fuck all you people out there that are like, Tom can do whatever he wants. Okay, Tom comes back. It's not just about Tom Brady. It's about the fucking team that they put around him. Okay? Tom Brady is going to continue playing with this, playing with the fans. Because you know what? I'm sure he's having fun with it. I'm not, I'm not having fun with this. If I'm Bill fucking Belichick right now, Tom, are you staying or going? And he can say, well, I want to test free agency and come back. Me, if I'm Belichick and I'm going to craft, see you later, dude, because we need to focus on free agency. We need to focus on the NFL draft. We need to focus on money because right now we're currently below like, you know, 17th, 18th, 19th place in terms of caps out, cap room right now. So I'm not a fan of this Brady post especially with no caption. If he was going to have a tribute to Kobe Bryant, which kind of looks like it, he would have wrote something about Kobe. And he wouldn't he just leave it. He didn't, he didn't, what do you mean? What? He tweeted, he tweeted. But what did he tweet? He tweeted like the world's already a darker place without you. Oh, like about, yeah, about Kobe. Yeah. I'm talking about that singular picture though. Right. The singular picture would have something about Kobe on it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, it's a great way to still stir up controversy. We're going to get into the Super Bowl a little bit later because Tom Brady is still taking like all the media attention away from the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. of this. But as a Pats fan, as someone that's already gone through this with Gronkowski, 
I don't want to fucking go through this again with Tom Brady. I'm sick of it already. Pull the Band-Aid off. Brady, if you're out of here, you're out of here. We just need to know so we can move on and focus on our team going forward. That's it. If you want to stay, I get it. This happened to Hightower a couple years ago, I believe, where he left, tested his market. He actually went to Pittsburgh, came back. That's what he's going to do. He's going to go and say, hey, Belichick, Kraft, I was offered $30 million. This is the team that put him out around me. What can you do? But it just... If you're going to do that, don't fucking play with our hearts and don't play with our emotion in the fan base and do all this cryptic shit. Be straight up honest and just come out and say, I'm going to free agency, going to test the market, we'll see what happens, end the story. That's what shit is. This is all planned. Like, he knows what he's doing. I think think Tom's got an idea in his head about what he wants to do with this free agency because this is, like, the first time really in his career that he's had the opportunity to say bye-bye to to the Patriots and to the Foxborough faithful. But I think... This is this is all 100% planned in the the age of social media marketing and 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 the following that he has online. This is building pressure. Like everything that he's posted to this point, it's building pressure. People know that he's not like he is available. He is like their team could go after this this guy this offseason and it's building this pressure. If Tom Brady was to come out and say like right off the bat like, "Hey, yeah, I'm going to be coming back to the Patriots. So they're like, oh, cool. Another year of Tom Brady. But now he's got the Pat- Patriots fans thinking like, oh, shoot, what if Tom Brady's, like, actually not coming back? It builds this, like, kind of uh, pressure, and it starts building and building about where he's going to end up. And when that bombshell eventually comes about, if Tom's staying for another year, the Patriots fans would be excited if he's staying in New England. Wherever he ends up, those fans would be excited that he's coming to their team. It's all building this pressure that when Tom Brady actually does reveal where he's going to end up, people are going to be excited, and they're going to be excited to watch Tom Brady play for another season and just continue building his legacy. It really depends on how he continues doing this. Mm-hmm. I just see this one post and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? We're right. going to be doing the Rob Gronkowski thing all over again. And Rob was doing it. And yeah, it cashed in. It helps Rob and his social media. But then when he announced the Gronk Beach thing, that pissed off a ton of people. Yeah. And that's something that Brady, we're coming fresh off the Gronk thing. That's something Brady is going to be doing. If he continues just doing this cryptic stuff and then doesn't come back, it's going to piss off a lot of people oh, in New England sure. and being like, why are you dicking us around? And I care about those. If there's one person I care about right now, it's Bill fucking Belichick. And if he's sitting down and he's looking at this and he's just being dicked around, I would be fucking pissed off at him. I'd be like, Brady, what are you doing? Like, why, why are we making this a big whole social media fucking thing? And the thing that sucks, and again, He's going to go test the market in free agency, and there's no guarantee that he's going to be coming back. And during that free agency time, these quarterbacks, like a Mariota or Winston, or someone that we can go grab, is going to be gone. So that's what's going to hurt. That's what hurts me is that knowing, like, can we just make a decision before free agency? That way, in the first two or three days of free agency, we can actually be like, we're going for this quarterback. We're going to have this quarterback on the team. Instead, what's going to happen is we're going to wait two or three weeks and then get a decision from Brady. And if he's good and he stays, it's good. If he leaves, it's like, well, what's left over? What's the scraps that are left over? And now we're fucked at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And now we have to go into the draft and get somebody. Because Stidham, Stidham's really not the answer, but. I just want to expand on both of your guys' points here. This has to be the worst era for fans' mindsets in yeah. sports history. Because the social media era, you just keep thinking about, like, remember a couple years ago, IT with the eyes emoji. Every five yeah. minutes, you get an eye emoji notification. And people are just freaking out and overanalyzing this. I know. This shouldn't be happening. Imagine if Kobe Bryant had Twitter, or, like, Twitter was Twitter as it is now, when he was trying to test free agency and trying to get a trade out of Los right. Angeles. Like, it's unbelievable to see how, like, this... 
social media aspect has affected the sports world in this capacity. We are now freaking out over a picture someone posted on their Instagram. This should not be happening. This is this is really messing with fans' heads. It's really over over analyzing and over hyping the situation. If Tom Brady's gonna leave, he's gonna leave. If he's not, he's not. There's no use in speculating over and over again about cryptic messages he leaves on his social media. Mm-hmm. I do believe, and it is an interesting thing that I think RuneDog posted about it, where it's like we had the Laurel and Yanny. We had what color is the dress, and now we have like is Tom walking towards the field or away from the field? It's one of those optical illusion type things. But I do, I I, I will stand firm in my belief. I do think this is like a a build the pressure kind of thing, um, because I don't think fans really appreciated what Tom Brady was able to do in the last season that we watched the Patriots play. He that was an unreal run on the Super Bowl run two seasons ago when he took the Patriots all the way to 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 beat the Los Angeles Rams 13 to 3 in the Super Bowl and I just don't think people appreciated his greatness and what he was able to do with the the limited pieces if you can call him that that he had around him in this last season but people still don't realize that mm-hmm. if they fucking keep Tom Brady they're not going to be able to have any pieces around him and people keep doing this and they say well Belichick and Kraft have to spend the money to give they're not going to have any money in the cap space to get these elite players around Tom Brady that's what's going to come down to can Tom Brady come back and take another pay cut from and play for 23 million no Possibly, but he's going to go to Belichick and be like, I'll take 23 million. What can we do around me? And just Belichick's going to show him, and he's going to be like, This is kind of like what we can afford, and this is what we can pay. I'm sorry. That's it. What, but he can go to Indianapolis, or he can go to freaking LA, San Diego, whatever charges they are, or he can go down to Dallas, or he can go to Vegas and have a way better team around him with more cap space and Brady having the ability to pan pick who he wants to go on that team. He's not going to be able to do that in New England. And people need to fucking realize it. It pisses me off how many times I see it, and people think they can match. You're gonna get paid all this money and everything's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have uh, the same exact team or a worse team on offense going into next year. And mind you, you're losing Joe Tooney. You have lost two centers. You have no idea who your tight end is next year. And you just lost Skarnecchia on the offensive line. Brady, are you gonna even be protected here? And I just feel like these people in New England need to fucking wake up for a second and think like it's not all roses. We need to be realistic. If I'm I'm sitting here, I want Brady. Trust me, I want to see him retire in New England. I want to see Tom Brady last the next two years, and that's it. And we have this magic sunset into magic ride to the sunset. Mm-hmm. Not gonna happen. I'd rather just see Brady walk now. Go make your money. Go have fun somewhere else because <laughs> you're gonna have what you want around you. You're not gonna have it here in New England. And let Belichick rebuild this team and prove to everybody that he is a good coach and Tom Brady's a good quarterback. And they separately do it. It's time. It's time. And off of that point, too, when people keep saying, oh, well, actually, we'll figure it out. We'll draft somebody. The Patriots have never been able to draft receivers in their lifetime. Aaron Dobson. We drafted Aaron Dobson in the second round. Like, we can't. We don't know how to pinpoint these guys high in the draft. All of our receivers have been low round or undrafted that have actually worked out for us. We don't know how to draft receivers. Nikhil Harry, great pick. Guess who was still on the board? DK Metcalf. We don't understand how to, how, to, how to scout these guys. So when people say, oh, we don't have the money to, to draft and to sign people, so let's draft them. We don't know how to. Our scouting isn't that good for receivers. So Tom Brady really is a tough decision ahead of him. No offensive line, barring Skarnakia leaving. Shaq Mason, where is he going to go next year? He's contract up next year. David Andrews, blood clots, might not ever play again. 
Like, it's, there's so many question marks. And honestly, if I'm and, Tom Brady, I wouldn't want to come back to this situation. No, it's a bad situation right now. And let's just say, for devil advocate purposes, Brady comes back. You're going to have to start trimming the fat on defense. And you're going to have right. to go super young and draft all defense. You're not going to have that ability and put all your money into, your, into the offense to put anything of Brady around. I look at it, and I talk to Rune Dog about it. Cut Brady. You're saving yourself automatically $20 million, right? Start po- stockpiling the defense again. Put your money in Van Noy. Put your money in McCourty. Get, put your money in Collins. Keep that piece together, and you can figure it out on offense. Let Belichick give it time to develop. No matter what, the Pats are in a bad situation. They are in a comp- – this is like when LeBron James left Cleveland to go to Miami the first time. And they were in, like, their own cap space luxury tax hell because they gave all these contracts to all the players around him. He's like, dude, we can't make any moves. Like, we can't get anybody good around me. And he left. And he went to Miami. I mean, it's different, but it's, it's something like right. that. You got to get you know, with the money situation. Please wake up. If you're out there and you're listening and you just think, like, Tom Brady's magically going to come back. And Tom Brady, this was a great point by Rune Dog. You know, they both coexist, Brady and Belichick. Everyone thinks it's Brady that wins the six rings. It's Brady that does this and that. How about 2007? One of the best offenses you've ever seen out there in New England Patriot history and in NFL history, and they only put up 14 points in a Super Bowl. Oh, oh, who are you going to blame now for that one? The golden boy, Tom Brady, had 50 touchdowns that year and had Randy Boss, but only could put up 14 fucking points in the game. And you'll blame Belichick for that. When the defense, which the defense sucked all year, only gave up 17 points in the Super Bowl. It's just like shit like that that people well, don't granted, think. Granted, Brady did leave the field with the lead in the fourth quarter. It was pretty late yeah, in the fourth quarter. I, 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 I yeah. yeah, but still, 17 points. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I'm just getting sick of it. I'm getting sick and tired. Everyone's got their opinions. And uh, Patriots Nation's cracking, and it's cracking over this. And it's funny because I've seen things like Brady leaves. I'm never going to be a Pats fan ever again. It's like, well, you're never a Pats fan to begin with. You're just a Tom Brady fan. It's going to be very, very interesting to see who hops off of the Pats bandwagon, who leaves, who goes with Brady, who stays, who believes in this team. I, I'm telling you right now. I have so much trust in Bill Belichick, and I totally believe the New England Patriots will be in the playoffs next year, and they will win the division next year without Tom Brady. And and I don't like Stidham. I don't. I've, 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 I haven't sold me yet. Stidham could be leading us to an AFC title. Um, I don't buy that at all. I'm AFC. sorry. That, that's that's wishful thinking to me. That's very wishful thinking to me. I don't well, that's the Spike King to me. That's the Spike King staying positive. I think that's wishful thinking on your part, Babs. I really don't think Stidham's the guy. I think you saw it going into the Jets game where um, Steve did that pick six. And obviously in the preseason, he looked good. He outplayed Ryan Hoyer. But at the same time, um, in a couple of those last games, he wasn't as efficient. It wasn't as precise as he was in the first couple. In the first couple, you saw him making three-step drops, throw, five-step drop, throw, efficient, precise. In the last couple of games, he waited around a little bit, tried to play around thinking he was something more than he was, took some sacks, threw a couple picks. I really don't think he's the guy in the foreseeable future. Maybe develop him for a couple for a couple of years, and we'll see what we got. But I think we'll move on by that time anyway. You're, you you have Tom Brady money now that he's not on the team anymore, and Stidham's on what making like maybe a million bucks rookie or contract. less than rookie contract, making nothing. If Belichick can put the right pieces, like Rune Dog said, Belichick can spend, spend, spend on offense. You put the right pieces, make Stidham look good. And guess what? If Stidham's at the helm, yeah, I got a root for him. I mean, you can't boo him or anything like that. If you're you're gonna be a team player on it, I said it last year. 
I said that I didn't want Stidham around. I wanted Brian Hoyer. I think they should have put Stidham on the practice squad. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to get picked up by somewhere. I don't believe in Stidham, but you know what? You have to. I'm going to have to do it. And then everyone's going to be making fun of me. Oh, Babs, you said you shit on him. You don't like him, blah, 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 blah. He's going to have to lead us to the promised land. Awkward silence by our uh, host because we had technical difficulties and he's trying to look oh, up good. the uh, thing. I will, I will transform to the next two segments while he gets his shit together. A little awkward silence there. Maybe a plug anchor in there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, so we can move on to the Super Bowl. I want two. two well, we'll before the Super oh, Bowl, two, okay. two more takes because I said I was angry about a couple things. Number one, Danny Amendola. I'm getting sick and fucking tired of everybody out there saying, let's bring the boys back to town. Let's get Danny Amendola back to New England. Okay, Danny Amendola in this coming November turns 35 years old. Yes, I understand what Amendola did in the playoffs. Yes, I understand that Dola's big for a third down conversion. Completely get that. The money that Amendola wanted at that time before he went to the, to the uh, Detroit Lions, it's too much money. Last year, just got paid 4.5 mil. That's too much money for New England. I'm sorry for a 35-year-old. You can get him on a cheap contract, 1.5 million. That's the ultimate pay cut if he wants to play here because his production isn't that great. Yeah, you could say, well, Babs, he got 700 yards with a trash-ass team last year. That's cool, bro. If you just look at his stats overall, I'm not trying to pay some guy $4 million, $5 million that only can catch three touchdowns, four touchdowns in the regular season and get about 500 yards average. That's stupid. I will say, I'm going to say, say this, the report came out. It said, it looks like Amendola will follow Brady wherever he wants to go. That's what I was saying earlier about Brady can go to a team that has a ton of cap room, but still handpick his people that he wants around him, a.k.a. LeBron James does the same thing, handpick certain guys that he wants around him. And uh, we've heard the report that Belichick and Amendola had a little fallout. When Dola left, probably over money, probably over his usage, probably saying, I'm giving you all this, and Belichick says, I don't care. I never can see Amendola coming back. Get that out of your mind. Let's bring Hogan back. Let's bring Amendola. Everyone's so, so, like, short mind. It's like Malcolm mm-hmm. Mitchell. Like, get him done, retire. You just want all, just want like, all the old pieces just, that people you, know about. It's not, even, it's not even that. It's just that people are just living <laughs> in the past of, like, and not even the past. It's the recent bias. It's yeah. the recent bias. It's like, go for the last 20 years. Belichick has Belichick's the reason why they won those first couple Super Bowls and molding that team together. And then he had to remold another team and put another team together. Like Belichick, you could say that uh, Pete Carroll Parcells had a play in the first half of that dynasty for some of those players, but Belichick got rid of them quick. He wanted his own players. Belichick has been here for 20 years to have a di- to have two dynasties within this, within two <laughs> decades. You know what I mean? Well, actually, I'm going to disagree with you on that a little bit. So, 1996, went to the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers. Parcells quit uh, midway through the game, seemingly, and joined the Jets. Um, Almost all the pieces for that 2001 team were on the team in 96. That's what I'm saying, that he had those pieces there, but then eventually Belichick would would nick some of those guys away, eventually. Well, yeah, eventually, after three Super Bowls, he let Ty Law walk and everything, (laughs) but, like, yeah. Yeah, and that third one, though, technically, it was her that year. Just saying. That's true. That's true. Asante Samuel, dude. He wanted to go with Asante Samuel. Belichick wanted to go forward with him. No, that's a good point. Um, But I will say Belichick, I think, gets not enough credit. Um, Brady, obviously, he wins in the field. That's a whole different aspect of the game. But to be able to meticulously craft a roster year after year to compete, even when pieces aren't around. That's, That's a, the genius of Bill Elichek, to make yeah. any guy work in his system. 
to conform every single guy to the Patriot way is why Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, and it will never even come close. And, 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 and that's why I, I want Brady gone, because I just want people to show that, hey, Belichick can still put a decent team together. Not saying he's putting Super Bowl rosters together, but a decent team that can go to the playoffs year after year, and I still believe in Belichick that he can do that. And don't forget, Belichick is a guy that saw Edelman and took the risk on Edelman and Edelman ends up becoming one of the greatest receivers in New England Patriots history. Like he took the chance on him because he could trust Brady. That, hey, I have a good quarterback that's going to throw to you guys can work together, but I'm taking the chance on you. Actually, so just one more point about that 96 team and how it correlates to this to know how it correlates to this team. I'm actually a big fan of that 96 team. Um, in that draft, we drafted Terry Glenn in the first round. We drafted Brewski and we drafted Lloyd Malloy in consecutive rounds. One, yeah, two, and three. Three, three hitters. Yeah. Three hitters. And undrafted, Mr. Adam Vinatieri, the best kicker of all time. We signed him. This is the kind of draft that we need this year. Oh, we need 100%. to hit on every single 100%. draft. Pick. We can say and that I every think year. it's possible. No, but this is different. This is like this upcoming draft. It feels so much different because you're losing so many key pieces on defense. You're losing a lot of key pieces on offense, and especially if Tom Brady's not there. We thought last year, Nikhil Harry, just getting a receiver was like, oh, okay, this is the first time Belichick's ever taken a receiver in the first round. It's like, okay, he's trying to make a move here. He's trying to get something for Brady and trying to get something going. Mm -hmm. This NFL draft coming up is the biggest draft ever, ever for the Patriots. Well, in the last 20 years. Wow. Seriously. I also want to get into. Do you have any Amendola hate? Do you guys hate Amendola? Do I don't. Love I love Amendola. Amendola, he's one of those guys. You're blind. He's, like, he's one of the, you're blind. <laughs> he's one of those fan favorite guys. I'm a. I'm a. I'm like lukewarm football fan. I don't know everything there is. I don't know the ins and outs of football the way the way you do and the way Joe does. I'm. I'm watching football as a like not a casual fan, but a little smarter than a casual fan. And Amendola is one of those guys where I see the production. So I, therefore I, I like him when he was in a, a New England uniform. I got his jersey hanging up in my wall still. So. Um, my Amendola take right here too. If we can get him on that cheap, on that one point five million dollar contract you were talking about, I'm putting him on IR until like week. What, what's the last week you can take him off? Week twelve. Yeah. Yeah, week twelve. Let him play in the playoffs only because that's the only thing he's really good for. Regular season Amendola, nothing to write home about. Uh, but and, and, playoff and, and Danny I, is a whole different thing. I agree with you hundred percent on that. He can bail you out when he can bail you out, and that's just, that's a Belichick move, the IR mm -hmm. move right there. But he's got to take the pay cut, the $1.5 million. And the people, the fans, cannot bitch about that contract and say, why have you never paid Danny? He deserves all that money. It doesn't work that way. He's 35 years old. You're just going to be saving him. He can make his money by sponsorships and doing all that shit when he wins the Super Bowl again. And I just want to say, Rob Gronkowski, another thing that came back this last week, Gronk was out and asked about Tom Brady and how he feels about testing free agency. And Gronk was all for it. Gronk was backing Brady up, said he should go out there. And they asked him, uh, "How's it? Isn't it weird if a guy plays, you know, with this team for so long, wears a different jersey?" And Gronk kind of made it about himself, the way I thought about it, because he said, yeah. "Yeah, I mean, you could take a player that's been on a team for ten years, aka Gronk, and uh, if he wears a different uniform, it's gonna be awkward for a couple weeks, but people will get over it." I had that feeling when he was talking about the free agency, the money situation, go get your money, go get paid. Gronk's coming back, not to New England. He's coming back to go get paid by somebody else. I don't know how that works because I, I know that New England still owns his rights. I don't know how any of that works. And I'm spitballing here. 
But that was an issue with Gronk on the on his way out after Super Bowl Fifty Two. He wanted to renegotiate his contract. He deserved to get paid. He does deserve to get paid top mm-hmm. tight end money. But you know Belichick and the team, they're not going to do that. We have other issues that we have to take care of. And I think that this is going to ignite Gronk for another reason for him to come back to the NFL. If Brady go gets his money, Gronk's going to go want to get his money. Especially after this year, your eyes are popping there. I see it. Especially after this year, uh, I feel Gronk won this year. Gronk stepped away and said, you know what? I'm not having fun. $12 million. Mm-hmm. Eh, don't care about that. We'll see what happens. And it showed how many times this year we needed Rob Gronkowski out there. And them losing in the first round of the playoffs like that and the way they had the rest of the end of the season. There were so many times where you're like, this is a big third down. We could use Rob Gronkowski. He won. He won because if they won the Super Bowl this year, people could Gronk or the team or anybody could say, well, looks like they did it without me. I'm not needed. But now it shows not only to the New England Patriots, but to all 31 other teams. Yo, Gronkowski is a big difference maker. Just saying, you know. I feel like he could have one of those Marshawn Lynch things where he retires from Seattle and then ends up signing with his hometown Oakland team. What if you saw Rob Gronkowski do the same exact thing? Take a year off, go sign with the the hometown Buffalo Bills for a season. And they have cap space to do it. Go ahead. Right. I was going to say this. uh, Actually, right after you said it, my eyes pop like you said. (laughs) Because this theory has just been cooking up for so long. If Brady does go to Vegas, who is the... All right, seriously, though, Gronkowski's probably the biggest personality West Coast guy I've ever seen in my life. Parties all the time, laid back, has fun, and plays good football. If Brady does go to Vegas, where else would Gronk want to go? He, he could set... Like, the um, possibilities for him are unbelievable to set, up, to set up shop in Vegas. He could bring Amendola there. He could bring Gronk there. He already mm-hmm. has Josh Jacobs. He has a decent offensive line. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Darren Waller is basically going to be the next Aaron Hernandez came up with Gronkowski, and it would make probably the best tandem in the league. This is all making way too much sense to me right now, and it's really freaking me out because when I said it, I was just – Stars aligned. Literally, when I said it originally, it was just to get, you know, some people talking, some discussion going, but but now it's it's a real possibility. It it is a real possibility. I just want to know, Stafford, you know this better than me. Hopefully you do. What happens if, if Gronk wants to come back from retirement? The Patriots own his rights, correct? He's- yes, the Patriots technically do own his rights, but coming out of coming out of retirement does entitle him to a little bit of arbitration. They would have to either pay him out or have some sort of settlement going where a team that signs him would have to give him a draft pick in exchange mm-hmm. for signing Rob Gronkowski. So, so say the Las Vegas Raiders sign Gronk, they'd have to essentially give up a draft pick and compensate. Or it's something. almost like a conditional draft pick, oh, yeah. Okay, I just wanted yeah. to make sure because I, I know that was something about Calvin Johnson when he still right. won, he was thinking about coming out of retirement. And you know what, Brendan, to your take right there about the Marshawn thing, I've said this so many yeah. times. You're are going to see well, players. How many times have I said this? You're going to see players take a year off or two years off, and then they're going to come back into the league. There was one other player that recently said they might try to come back next year, and I forget who it is. I forget. Alden Smith. Jay Glazer has reported he is sober, he is healthy, yeah. and he's ready to go. And honestly, I would love to see Alden Smith in the New England Patriot uniform. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Van Noy's asking for anywhere between twelve and fourteen million dollars. He's what thirty-one years old. Bye bye. Alden Smith, bring him in. The most talented linebacker in the league at the time when the San Francisco 49ers played the Baltimore Ravens in that Super Bowl. Imagine the capability that Bill Belichick would have to put him all pickup. over the defense. That would that be, be a cheap pickup, too. Probably you're not going to have to spend a lot of money on it. Is Bill Belichick's specialty, and all yeah. the spits would love to come here and win with Tom Brady if he stays. 
Absolutely. Your Gronk right, well, thing, your Gronk thing with Vegas blows my mind too. I, I mean, that's something, that's something that needs to, it really does need to get talked more because if you really, really watch that interview with Gronk and the way he's speaking, he's rooting for Brady to go get his money. But more importantly, like it, I said, like he won, he, he won this past year. He has a say. And if he comes back and go gets his money and he's with Brady, damn, it's, it sucks. Cause like, that's going to happen. It's like, and, and, the, and, and New England's not the place it can happen because if they want to bring Brady back and Gronk back, guess how many dollars they'll have left over? Maybe two million. <laughs> like they'll have nothing. None. Maybe no, negative. Euro. They can't do it. They can't do it anywhere else. So, and you know what's fucking funny is that the Raiders come to New England this year. So, and there's a lot. Yeah, that's wants this to happen. None of these teams like like the Chargers come to New England. Like we play the Chargers over in L.A. It's just like some of these teams in Miami all of a sudden popped out of nowhere saying that Brady could play in Miami because just he's not going to Miami. He's not, he's not going go- to Miami. He's not I, going, he's but not- he will buy just- an ownership stake when he retires in Miami. Yeah. I guarantee. I, just don't, I don't think he'll go to Vegas either. Just the just the coach, the head coach, quarterback relationship. It's in so important. And uh, Gruden hates Tom Brady still from that 2001 AFC Championship. Yeah, but, what Brady- better way to, but what better way to stick it to the New England Patriots yeah. than to take their franchise quarterback and win a Super Bowl with them? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will still say this. I am still picking the Dallas Cowboys as the dark horse that no wow. one's really been talking about. And again, they have the cap space to do it. Jerry Jones can pull not even a one fuck you. How about two fuck yous to Robert Kraft and go and gets Gronk as well because they can easily afford both of them. Jason Witten's going to retire probably again anyways. They have Zeke Elliott down there. Try to re-sign Amare Cooper, and you there you go. And that's a winnable division as mm-hmm. well, too. Well, very interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I, I want Brady to leave. I, I just I, I but I'm I only, don't that's I'm only saying that because I want to see I like football, I like these little storylines, I love the drama. I know the New England Patriots will be absolutely fine in their division. I do just want to see Brady for the last two or three years go play somewhere else. But we're getting it, that drama right now. We're getting that drama. He's building it up. He's using yeah, social but media as the marketing tool. We're, I'm we're talking like, about a full oh, season long, long drama. Well, when all, when just, all when all when the news comes out that Tom Brady is coming back to New England, all the fans are going to be so much more excited. They're going to appreciate him more. Like, look at what he's been able to do for the last 20 years, and he's still going to be doing it for us, not anybody else. He's going to be sitting on this podcast, excited. You're going to be sitting on this podcast saying, "Spike King, you wanted to get rid of Brady, and look at he's back I can't here." Believe and it. you know what I'm going to say? I'm doubting the Patriots this year now. <laughs> I'm going to become a doubter. I might not. No more tattoos for your boy, man. Oh. I, I'm very, very scared, very nervous. I will say this, and we had to get off this topic. Yeah. Uh, Julian Edelman. What happens? Brady walks. He's out of here. What happens with Edelman? And I was talking to Rune Dog about it. Edelman stays. I think Edelman knows he's 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 retiring as a Patriot. I yeah, can't he's see on the, Edelman he's going on the anywhere else. for another season, right? One more season, but yeah. I cannot. And he's up there in age. He's getting his right. surgeries. Who knows how he's going to feel after the surgeries and what he does. But I think Edelman owes a lot to Belichick to say, hey, you gave me the shot. Now, you could say the same thing for Brady, but Brady's been doing it for 20 years. Like, it's, it's, that's a whole different ball game. That's a quarterback thing. Edelman also has that JE11 brand. He, I feel like he would want to be on the West Coast. Maybe he wants to go play with Brady out in Vegas or out in L.A., after the year's over, but I see he is the veteran guy that stays here because if Brady leaves, that marketing, because it's marketing, TB12, right. that marketing like hole is there for the taking, 
and that's all Edelman, like 100%. It would be the smartest move for him yeah. to stay. Or I don't think TB12 retire. would be as successful if Brady were to leave in does, Boston. Does the TB12 place stay at Patriot Place if Brady walks away? That's that's exactly my thinking, because he, he has the one at Patriot Place. He has the one on Boylston Street now. Boylston to, could stay. That's Boston. That, that I know, but to open stay. that up in Boston and then to leave Boston as one of the most iconic like sports figures in the city's history, I, okay. I just can't see it happening. We're stopping it right here. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and it's proven his methods work. You're telling me people aren't still going to buy this garbage? Of course they are. People are stupid. Of course they're going to keep buying it. Especially if they go go to Vegas, they're going to get so many stores out there in those those casinos. Are you kidding me? I know. Come on. Him him leaving New England is is either if it's Vegas or L.A. is such great marketing for the TV 12 aspect because now – because you're ever forever going to be grateful to Tom Brady. Short term, you might be mad. Ah, screw this guy. But long term, you'd be like, uh, he's still going to give. Like Brady's going to retire as a Patriot, like in the Hall of Fame and all that. Yeah. He's going to be inducted as a New England Patriot. It's going to. He's still going to have that. But in the short term, he goes out to L.A. market or the Vegas market. That's a whole new audience that's following him. Think about all those fans from the Raiders or the Chargers that hate Tom Brady. All those years they despise him from the tuck rule are coming in and doing the lights out. Sean Merriman, you're coming into their house and, and beating them. And all those fans are going to become Tom Brady fans. And they're going to buy into him. And they're going to buy his jersey. And they're going to buy TV 12. And they're going to do this and that. It's such a good, It's a good marketing move. It's, it's a really good awesome marketing. marketing move. He knows what he's doing when it comes to this stuff. But yeah. it, it, back to the Miami thing, too. Like, of, like he's not going to go play in Miami. Of course he's not going to play in Miami. Nobody wants to play in Miami. Nobody. But he is going to buy an ownership stake. And I guarantee you, in about 10 years, TB12 will be the most popular sports brand in the Miami era. He's going to have so many, just so many shops on the, on the beach. It's going to be unbelievable. Well, speaking about Miami, let's get into Super Bowl 54 talk. It's coming. It's this weekend. It's hours away. We're not even talking days anymore. It's hours away. Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers taking place down in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, we got a few prop bets, or if you guys want to start talking about the game first, and we'll get into our bets afterwards. I just want to say that it's the 100th anniversary of the NFL it's the Super Bowl. It's you know, it's the Chiefs. It's the Niners, and no one could really give a shit. Really, like it just it feels <laughs> like things have not gone the NFL's yeah. way this week. Number yeah. one, Kobe Bryant's unfortunate passing, and we'll gotta get to that a little bit later. But that took over everything. Like you forgot there was media night going right. on. And, and actually, one of my good friends from high school texted me during this past week and goes. You know, you must feel you must feel good actually not being down in Miami because it's true. If we were down there for New England Patriots, yeah, we'd be excited. But the Kobe thing right. kind of takes it but, takes yeah, away all. Yeah, over. you know me. I'm the king. Of, I like to be out there in marketing and like put myself on TV. Wouldn't be the same this week with everything else going on. And uh, number two, Barstool Sports making money this week and they got yeah. sold off, and that's a big deal for Portnoy, hundred million dollar man now. And why is that important? Because he's flying the Goodell flag all around <laughs> Miami, and now he's got all this extra money to go do that shit, and now everyone's talking about him. I feel like I've seen Barstool more out there this week. So it's just the Super Bowl has – and you know what? There's no real storyline to pick apart in these two teams. Mm-hmm. They're they're likable sides, both sides, but likable teams, likable players. There's really no hate. The only hate is really ja- uh, fucking – what's it? <laughs> Mahomes, the Mahomes uh, brother and, and the girlfriend – but uh, there's really no hate between the two teams. And it's kind of one of those things that if either team wins, 
who cares? Like, yeah. congratulations, Mahomes deserves it. Jimmy G and the 49ers deserve it. Uh, screw you people out there that are like, oh, well, if the Niners win, they'll have six Super Bowls and they tie New England. It's like, well, we're tied with the Steelers anyway, so yeah. who gives a shit about that? Like, that means nothing. Um, Taking yeah. them 50 years to do it. Yeah, I mean, Stafford, what do you see in this game coming up before we have the prop bets? Yeah, no, seriously, though, um, what you just made, what you just said just make a lot of sense. I mean, there's not really a lot of storylines going on right now. I mean, in, in years past, you've had these these great kind of buildups. We the, the Patriots and the Giants, uh, two, out, two out of what, six years? That's an awesome thing to have building up, Eli Manning versus Tom Brady. And now you really have Garoppolo, who really isn't the leader of that team. I think Kyle Shanahan's really the leader of that team, and the run game really propels that entire team along. I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and Mahomes is obviously the kind of like the golden boy now, the NFL minus Lamar Jackson, and that's cool and all. But Kansas City isn't really a huge market. There's not really like a lot of like right. uh, marketability, especially in Miami for that. Um, I do think it's going to be a phenomenal game. Two high-powered offensive, two good defense. Niners are obviously obviously a great defense, and the, and the the Chiefs have an okay defense. Um, but the key to this game, in my opinion, is going to be the run game for the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners and the Ravens are eerily similar on offense, minus Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson's running abilities. They run the ball first and play really, really good defense. Now, if the Chiefs can get even one turnover, they're going to win the game because they're too high-powered. Richard Sherman can't keep up with Tyreek Hill or uh, Miko Hardman. Travis Kelsey's going to have a day on any of their safeties. And it's just it's it's such a hard thing to try to try, try to see in the big picture. But the Chiefs might blow out the Niners in this Super Bowl, and I wouldn't really be surprised if they did. It'll be funny to see something like that too. I, I hope it's a good game, and I hope it's a close game. A blow would really really hurt the NFL, and I think the NFL knows that. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of whistles going on, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to try to slow down the Chiefs a little bit. I see the same way that look at Tennessee, just watching that. I haven't watched many of the postseason, but watching Tennessee, and they try to slowly take the clock yeah. down. Didn't matter. Bing, bang, boom. It's a tie game. Bing, bang, boom, 14-7. Like, it's just that quick. That's how great the Chiefs offense is. I was just thinking while you are talking, because I obviously don't like to listen, but <laughs> this game coming up feels like the most lackluster Super Bowl in over the last 10 to 15 to 20 years. Because now I'm just trying to think of every, you know, because mm-hmm. of the storylines. But, you know, obviously the past last three years, Super Bowl 50 was Peyton Manning, and you knew it was his last right. game going into that. You had Super Bowl, you know, 49 with the Seahawks, the Carroll, and Belgium. Anytime the Pats are in it, it's a big deal. Right. But then you had, before that, Super Bowl 48, Manning back at a Super Bowl again, who already has won, uh, going against the Seahawks, which, uh, you know, the offense versus defense. And then going before that, Baltimore, Baltimore, and the Niners, Ray Lewis, like it was like he still played. Yeah. Right. And it was just like going to be his last Super Bowl or whatever. Like there's still storylines, Baltimore winning in 2000. It's just it feels like there was always some sort of storyline or some sort of big hype around every game. And this game has zero hype to it. I it think this has no hype. I think this game's more about the future of the NFL. I think. Like like you're talking about the storylines coming into it. Tom Brady's in yeah. another Super Bowl. Peyton Manning's in another Super this, Bowl. And now both these quarterbacks are starting in their first Super Bowl. And it's it's really setting up the NFL for the it, future of what the game is going uh, to be. Uh, agree with you 100 percent because if one of these teams makes it back to the Super Bowl within right. the next year, two, we'll be talking three, about this game. We'll be talking about this game going back and saying, well, look at Mahomes. He's been an MVP on the f- cover of Madden and, and wins a Super Bowl. By the way, I think he breaks the curse, the ultimate curse, if he wins the, if he wins 
Mahomes a Super Bowl MVP. Oh, yeah. this, I, think the, right? I think the Chargers felt bad about Antonio Brown and gave Patrick <laughs> a little bit of a pass because they really did a number on that guy. Oh, they really did. Oh, that was brutal. I, I uh, um, By the way, too, off topic because it is Super Bowl week, Brady's heading down there or he's already down in Miami. What are the chances we see Brady and A.B. together at some oh, point in a pitcher down there? Something's going to happen. You know A.B. is going to be seeking out Brady while he's down there. Yeah, Tom's going to be doing everything to avoid him. (laughs) You think so? I don't think Brady wants to touch him with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. (laughs) This dude has just trouble. Everywhere he goes, he's just trouble, and Brady knows it. He was living in his house for like a week. He doesn't want people to remember that. Like, come on. uh, For this upcoming game, though, I mean, I could literally give two shits who wins. I just want the 49ers to win. I would like to see Jimmy G get his. And uh, he hasn't been great but like you said like it hasn't been him this is the game that it's him and he turns it on and pulls in and channels that inner bradiness out of him and it's it's just it's just gonna suck because it adds more to the media when he wins in the boston area talking about and when brady leaves because when brady leaves and jimmy g's a super bowl champion fresh off a super bowl championship and then you have stidham as your starting quarterback going next year it's gonna piss off a lot of people i just don't want to see Mahomes. i just don't want to see Mahomes' girlfriend you know celebrate and I want to see Woke Gene go out there and just raid Raider Page afterwards. That will make me happy. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, the guy who reported that Kraft nixed um, uh, Belichick from trading Tom Brady and keeping Garoppolo a few years ago just reported that Brady is, in fact, leaving and trying to go to the West Coast somewhere. I don't really – not sure if I buy that or not, but it is worth noting, I think, because he, yeah. he was kind of right about that last point. Who is this guy? Honestly, I don't even know the guy's name. I don't think he's verified, but he's like the guy who started like the whole. Is like, that uh in, incarcerated it, Bob or something like that on Twitter? Is it Rune Dog? I don't think it's that guy. I hate that guy. That yeah. guy's so Rune annoying. Dog always sends me stuff from him. He's like, oh, this guy's, guy's so, so annoying. He said that. What do we got for prop bets? Oh, we can definitely get into prop bets. We got a few fun ones. Speaking about uh, generational quarterbacks and guys that like to move around before the Super Bowl, we have we have one for the Puppy Bowl. You guys know what the Puppy Bowl is, right? Yeah, yeah, we love the Puppy Bowl. I think Saturday. I think it's on Saturday before the game, but we have my, probably my favorite prop that I've seen for the day about will this person tweet about the Puppy Bowl? Minus seventy five hundred for no. Plus the 12, fact that this is even yes. like a bet is just blowing my mind right now. Wait, the player will he will he tweet about the Puppy Bowl? Is Michael Vick? Oh. <laughs> plus 1200 for yes minus 7500 for no where are you guys putting your money on this one uh, <laughs> I say yes and I'm going to say yes only because if you're Michael Vick or if I'm a friend close to Michael Vick and I just go to him and say look it <laughs> I want to put down like 50 grand on this like, can hey, you just tweet out. this out for me and we'll split the profits? Like, a lot of this stuff is controlled, and I'm yeah. just surprised it's even a bet. We're just like, dude, all you got to do is make like a little hashtag puppy and then put hashtag yeah. sponsored or something like that. I don't know. Exactly. Actually, no, I wouldn't be surprised if he did just because, like, you know, OJ Simpson coming back in, onto the Twitter sphere and starting doing, like, all this crazy stuff. <laughs> OJ like, Mahomes. Like, well, yeah, like, OJ Mahomes. Like, <laughs> would I be surprised if Michael Vick tweeted that out? No. My fantasy football team name for the past 10 years, Michael Vick's Dogs. Yeah. Three-time champion, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no, just because uh, I, I really don't want to see the backlash on that. <laughs> I, do have, I, I do have one one prop bet for you though. Um, Joe Montana team will win the Super Bowl. I'm betting on that heavy. Oh, uh, <laughs> Tigers won the national championship. Teams, so yeah, yeah. but not heavy. Tigers winning the Natty. 
Joe Montana's team winning the Super Bowl. Book them both. <laughs> Lock them in. Uh, next one, moving in. So the national anthem is always a, a heavily debated topic about what's going to or how long it's going to take. And Demi Lovato is singing the national anthem this year. Um, some of her notable national anthems. You go back to the, I think, 2016 World Series between the the Royals and the Giants, and then one of the more recent UFC fights between Conor McGregor uh, and someone else. I know McGregor was fighting. But... I think he was Mayweather. I think he, she did. Oh, Mayweather it was McGregor. it was the the boxing match. Yeah, yeah, not the UFC fight. You're you're very right there. So the line is at two minutes flat. Do you guys take the over or the under here? Okay, my school is really expensive. $54,000 a year. I'm willing to put my entire year's tuition that it's over. Not even close. Demi Lovato is probably the most annoying uh, singer probably ever. In my opinion, I just don't like her as a person anyway. But then for the national anthem, she's done so many bad things with it. She's going to keep experimenting, flouting her voice midway through. And she's going to stop at one point to catch her breath and then do a whole big yeah. note to finish it off. Two minutes, probably 2.30. Wow. Uh I, buy, buy some seconds. I haven't gambled in quite a bit. I've actually <laughs> been on a little break since the end of the uh, Patriots season. And I've been waiting to make my comeback into the gambling world. And this is the bet. Like, this was the this reason the why one. I want to come back. I haven't placed my bet in yet because, you know, financially, I want to make sure I have the most money on this. I am hammering the over on this. <laughs> Absolutely. Two minutes is too low. I've seen it all the way up to two minutes and five seconds. Still over. Still over no matter what. I saw Barstool put it out earlier this week. It was a minute and 53 seconds. Way over. You got to buy that one. I want to buy that one. And I am buying into this because every single – I saw this on Reddit. Someone broke it down. She's done three national anthems, big national anthems. It was two World Series games, and there was the Mayweather thing. Each one got longer than the next one, longer than the next one. The last one with the Mayweather, if you look it up, the Mayweather-McGregor, I believe was over two minutes or was right at two minutes, like 159 or was right over two minutes. If she – this is the bet that I think a lot of people are putting money in. Oh, yeah. And if she goes under, everyone's going to hate her for going under. Death threats. Death threats Death are just threat. pouring into like, Miami. Like she's going to probably have another drug problem after and, that if she goes. Yeah, this is like her, <laughs> this is like her comeback. This is a way you could save face and know that America, Demi Lovato, you know America's watching you right now, and you yeah. know America put the over on you. Do not <laughs> screw over everybody on. This and no, and she literally is that more annoying person where she'd be like, I don't need anybody to tell me what to do, and she'll cut it short just to piss a lot of people yes, off. Yeah, like yeah. like one fifty nine, she'll just stop and she'll give it like the <laughs> nice little like. The nice little, like, sassy look. Like, yeah, you're huge, Demi. 100 million people watching this game. You All eyes are on you. This is, I mean, the Mayweather-McGregor fight was pretty fucking big. I mean, the Super Bowl's way bigger. Everyone's watching you. Hog that spotlight. Just oh. go out there, belt it out. Make it three minutes long. Oh, Just give, huh? like, you know, like, give it a blowout. Blow it out so we're celebrating after two minutes and we're only halfway done. Yeah, there's, there's an OD incoming, I'm pretty sure. She, she goes under the minute. There's an OD incoming. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, this is like her comeback because I think she was she overdosed on something. Yeah, there's like, been tons of jokes Months ago, and now this is like her comeback, I think. She's comeback like her fourth they, time. Yeah. This is really like her fourth time ODing. Like, it's just Greatest like she's comeback, a mess. comeback, though, to, to be in the national anthem, hit the over, make so much oh. money out there for America, mm -hmm. and, and you're in the spotlight. Everyone's going to love you. Everyone will love that. Yeah, this is really like the game-winning kick for the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. she, like, she, <laughs> she misses it. I'm she's like, sure. 
I am more interested in this bet than the actual <laughs> game itself. Not no, you know, what, you know what? She's basically Billy Cundiff right now. She oh. has a 23-yard field goal, <laughs> a nice little put away. If she glory. It, it's over. I, I've been playing around with this. I've hit up five different bookies. Like, I've been just trying to get everyone, what do you have for seconds? Like, this is the one. There's always one bet a year that I'm like, I'm putting my life savings, which isn't a lot. I'm putting it all in on this one bet, and then this has been the bet I've been playing with it for the last week, and I will probably put it in by tomorrow. All right, so moving into the actual game, this some of the some of the ones coming up do have to do with like before the game, during the game, after the game. But we're gonna get into does Dave Portnoy get kicked out of the Super Bowl? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's gonna do something stupid just to get more attention on Barstool. Congratulations, by the way. Five hundred and fifty million he is now evaluated at. Wow. Awesome. Uh, the Goodell thing was just a start. He's going to be doing a lot more stuff as the Super Bowl approaches. Tomorrow's going to be a huge stunt, I guarantee you. The Barstool party that one starts at 12 o'clock uh, on Miami Beach on Saturday night. He's going to keep the party going. He's going to show up drunk, probably. And then him and uh, Big Cat are going to do something crazy. Uh, what's, the, what's the odds on that one? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I don't have the okay. odds. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm actually going to say crash. that he gets into the game and does not get kicked out. Wow. And... Um, he was at a game earlier this year. I believe it was the Jets-Patriots game, and he was in a suite the entire time. And I think that's what he's going to do this year is he's going to be in a suite somewhere. I think him get. I think him saying, I survived the game, I mean, he can make a T-shirt, I survived the Super Bowl, and people would fucking probably buy that. Him getting kicked out has already been, been there, done that type of deal. Like it's, already, it's like, how about now you actually survive the whole game, and then he can say, well, I snuck in, and I got in, and no one kicked me out, and this and that, and... No. You know, uh, a couple of, years ago, he had to make... mind, you kind of changed my mind on it, Babs, about because I was kind of thinking about will he even be able to get into the game with all these shenanigans before the game even starts. But uh, I think you changed my mind. I think uh, I think that is a good point that like I this mean, is kind of his history and now he's going to try to stick it out through the entire game. Yeah. And I, and I just think that like he wants to get kicked out because he wants the exposure. I understand. Right. I understand exactly what he's doing. But I, I see in this in this case. He can go through any security line. Not a lot of people are going to recognize him, and they're mm. not going to just stop him. I don't. Why are you making that? I face? don't buy that at all. He's Dude, one of the like an older, an older video. person that probably doesn't even know the internet is just going to be like scanning his ticket and letting him in. Like, I'm. Just, he's not going to dress up like to, you know, be a, a target on himself. I think he goes in with a certain group, gets into his suite, and wear doesn't a, bother anybody. Wear a T-shirt that says "My name is Dave Portnoy." I could see I could see him trying to get on the field after the game. Like I think yeah. that that maybe he stays quiet the entire game, mm-hmm. and then he and he has he probably will have the passes to get on the field afterwards, and then he'll just quietly get on the field, and then right when he's on the field, make a big deal about it, then get kicked out after the afterwards. But if he's on the field afterwards, he has a guy like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle that he can go up to and be like, whoever wins, and be like, no, I'm with them. Like don't kick me out and this and that. Like how about? You know Goodell's going to be on the field. How about fucking Portnoy <laughs> being on the field with him? Cause a picture of them buy, two together. You can buy passes for like $25,000 to get on the field right after the game when it hits triple zero. So it, it would be funny to see Portnoy stick it out the entire time, hide. Like hide in the bathroom stall the entire yeah. time. And then just run down there, have his pass, say, oh, you know, cover it up. Like, hey, I'm on here. And then go right in. I don't know. 
Actually, I think actually because of the lackluster storyline approaching the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised if Goodell tries to make a splash and does something with Portnoy after Ooh. the game. Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised. Ooh. Would you be surprised about that? Actually, would you? I mean, I want to be. They can, need headlines. They he need headlines bad right now. Yeah, he can congratulate Portnoy and say, you know what, Dave, I've been against you this entire time, but guess what? You deserve everything that you had towards you. I. He no, can, you know what? He could push it and say, I was doing this on purpose to make you drive it even further. I had a say in, like, you actually become an $100 million man. <laughs> Barstool will be able to pay me about a billion dollars for this idea right now. This is the T-shirt. It's going to be a black and white. It's going to be Goodell shaking Portnoy's hand in a nice panel. And then on the top, it's going to be hashtag winning. Just yeah. like Trump. It's going to be hashtag <laughs> winning. I guarantee you it's going to sell a billion dollars. I'm patenting it right now. Barstool, you owe me billions of dollars. I mean, the NFL should, sh- does need Barstool in a way. It's, it's kind of it, – they, they should use Barstool to their advantage. I mean, you, it's just crazy to watch the pizza review and he has, like, George Kittle and, and Bosa on there. And it's just like, oh, like, these – they're hanging out. Like, I don't, I don't know. Grabbing a pizza. Yeah. All right, moving into the next one. You might you, – I know you guys will love the next two. Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend. Oh, Lord. Joe, you sound a little robotic right now. I do, I do. Yep. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like robotic and there's an echo. How about now? Oh, you yeah, it's not way better. All right. So the the bet is how many public Instagram posts, like story, um, posts. The line is at four and a half. Over. Over. I'm thinking over. It's way over. Like wait, story like posts and regular posts. I think yeah. it says pub. The the line the the book says public posts. That's right, a story so, and a picture. That's at yeah. least it's, anything it's eight or public. I take the over on eight. I would even take it on yeah. four. I, take it on yeah. I would take the over on twelve and a half. Like, <laughs> wow. I, 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 she posts a lot during the game, especially a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, she posts a lot during the championship. Yeah. His brother is really annoying too. Like not the yeah. level of oh, his girlfriend, but his yeah. brother really pisses me off too. Speaking of his brother, the next line. <laughs> Five and a half TikToks created by uh, Jackson Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' brother, during the Super Bowl. Uh, under. Under? Dur- uh, during the – it's because he does it beforehand and afterhand. Okay. He might do just one during – if it says during the – what's that mean? During. Are we talking during. about the actual game or are we talking about the entire day? Maybe so during if, the day. I'm if not it's sure. the entire day, and I'm talking the entire day is from, you know, 9 a.m. to yeah. midnight. 11. Like, you yeah. know, 11, like after the game, over. But if it's during the game, that's that's. I need a little bit more on that one. I'm going yeah, under if it's during the game, but at halftime there's going to be at least five made. I guarantee <laughs> you. With Shakira and them, I don't have any halftime props, but actually I no, it shit, won't be because the halftime show. I didn't realize he'll be screaming, "Oh my god, Shakira!" Oh my god, he <laughs> might be down on the field for that. Oh, he might be on he stage for it. Actually, yeah. I would take. I'm going to take the over on Mahomes' girlfriend's post, and then I think I'll, I'll take the under for five and a half on the the TikTok videos. All right, time for the bet everyone's been waiting for. Not a prop. The actual game. The 49ers are four and a, or one and a half point underdogs. Their money line is even. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, one and a half point favorites. And then minus 120 on the money line to win this game. What do you guys think? It's time for the official score prediction. The cover. Do they win? What are you guys thinking? I'll just go first because I'll be quick about it before. Because I know Stafford will get into everything. I'm just... <laughs> Again, it's literally a coin flip in this game. I'm gonna just I'm rooting for the Niners. I'm gonna stick with them. 
I just don't want to see Mahomes win a championship. I wouldn't be mad if he wins, though. Uh, I'm hoping it's a close game. I would like to see. I think I had my official score. You have that stuff already, right? Yeah, I have it somewhere else right now. It'll be posted on right. It'll be posted. I said it was going to be 35 to 31, I believe, was my score. What's the Madden score? You're robbing Madden's loud prediction. No, no, <laughs> You're no, robbing him. no, no, because if, wait, Madden actually said 35, 31. 35, 31. No, wow. because You're I You're robbing him. No, when did they he come He said this weeks that? ago. I, he we, said this I a week said this ago. weeks ago. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I said this before Madden. I had this before Madden. I said 35, 31, or maybe 34. It's going to be something like that where Jimmy G drives down the field with under two minutes to go and puts them ahead by four points. That's what's going to happen. They're up by, well, that's three points. So it'd be 30, yeah, 35, 31. They're up by four points. And Mahomes has the ball left in his hand with about 30 seconds to go and gets picked off or something like that. And that's how it ends the game. That's my, it's going to be, no matter what, San Fran, four points, take it. Jimmy G, the Super Bowl MVP. All right. I, I guess the Madden rating adjusters are watching our show now. God damn. I can, um, I can confirm Babs did say 35-31 on the, all right, on, on all right. the 19th All right, I believe it. Um, like I said, I think it all depends on the San Francisco run game this game. If the Chiefs can get a stop, the, the Niners will be able to contain them all game. It's going to be a high-scoring one. I agree with you. I do want the Niners to win. I want them to win, but they're not going to win. The Chiefs mm. are just too explosive. 35-21 final score. Put it down. Mark it. Do you want me to change your official one on our post? Because you said 28 to 17 about a week ago. Yes. Change it. <laughs> I'm feeling much more confident in Patrick Mahomes now. Okay. Um, I think my my official one, I, I didn't fill out the, the sheet the same way you guys did for our Ride the Wave crew. So I'm making mine like right now. I think I'm leaning towards San Francisco winning this game by... I, I want to say it's this game is tied going into the third quarter, going into the fourth potentially too, and I think I think this is one of those games where it will come down to a, it being a four point game. They're going to need more than a field goal to win it at the end, and I think like Bab says, I think there could be a potential turnover, turnover on down, something to change the face of the game. With if if Kansas City's driving at the end, I think the I think San Francisco wins by four, and I think my. My final prediction will be, let's say, 42 to 20 or 42 to 38. That's I, a high-scoring Super Bowl. It's, it's going gonna, gonna to be a high-scoring one. I say no matter what, I think both sides, whether it's Mahomes or Jimmy G, it's going to come down to those final two minutes, mm -hmm. and one of those two are going to pull it off and make history in the Super Bowl. No matter what side it is, I think that happens. I think it's going to be Jimmy G because it just channels the Brady instinct of that. But, man. What about Mahomes going down the field with 30 seconds and bombs it out and gets a touchdown off of it? Like, there's going to be some magic in those final two minutes. I think it comes yeah. down to that. Absolutely. You guys got anything else to wrap up Super Bowl talk? Yeah, got I got one okay, more thing. Go I want you guys' picks for Super Bowl underdog, the X factor that no one's talking about. X factor. Big impact. Okay. Okay. I don't know all the players on either side <laughs> of the roster. I don't know that either. I would say, but, uh, I would, if, like, we're we're talking about like guys other than like the quarterbacks who are yeah, no, probably so like, like, like Shane Vereen in that Super Bowl a few years ago when he yeah. had what twelve catches, thirteen catches like out of the James back. White or James one. White exactly. Okay. Um, it's a good question. I all right, I'll give you mine. I think the Kansas. I, I know I just said a really high score, but I think the Kansas City defense really shows up in this game. I think Tyron Matthew um, has a great game. I he's 
finally getting his taste of the Super Bowl. I think he he was close a few seasons ago with the I think the Arizona Cardinals were a game away from the Super Bowl and he was with them. But I think the Honey Badger has an outstanding game of his life and maybe even records an interception um, to really change how this this game uh, plays out. Um. I'm just cheating right now because I'm looking up the <laughs> roster and I'm just trying to look up some names of like what's going on. If you want to talk about an underdog, I'm going to say this. I will just, for in terms of, uh, so not an underdog, but I think Tyreek Hill has a really good game. And I think he actually has a uh, a punt return and a kick return touchdown this game. Wow. That will be, be the bold take for me. That's the storyline. And, and and I think that Tyreek Hill um, – it's it's really I was talking about this with GRD the other day how crazy it is that he went from beating his son and being suspended and like being a bag of fucking dog shit which he is and all of a sudden he's playing in a Super Bowl that dude has a legitimate shot of winning a Super Bowl MVP and I'm thinking in the bet because I want to I think I'm gonna put a bet on Jimmy G to win it but I might just take a bet and just put it on Tyreek just in case yeah. I mean we just saw it with Edelman last year and the only reason why Edelman really won because it was a low scoring game. But I think the way to win it is you'd have to do something magical like a punt return, kick return, touchdown, and you just add on top of it a receiving touchdown. Three touchdowns for Tyreek and does it three different ways in the game. Maybe even a rushing touchdown if you want to if you want to have a high scoring game. That but is a bold take. That's Very the bold. boldest take. Get the hat trick. That's the boldest take, but I think he could get the football hat trick. That's that's the underdog thing, though. That's okay. it's kind of yeah. an underdog thing. Two names that just popped out at, at me, Tevin Coleman. For San yeah. Fran, maybe he does something where he can catch and rush for a touchdown. That's kind of an underdog thing. LaShawn McCoy. I like to see LaShawn McCoy wow. uh, on Kansas City get his. Maybe he ends up being um, a guy that gets two touchdowns and 100 yards or something like that in the game. Um, so those are the names that I'm kind of watching out for. Yeah. I am very interested to see, and there's got to be a prop bet out there, Kittle versus Kelsey and who has a better game. There and I think it will be is. Kittle. And I think it'll end up being Kittle in the game. I think Kelsey will be used more as a – I don't know. I, I, I mean, no matter what, I think they'll both have a good game. But right, Joe, so the, who's your underdog? The biggest headliners of this game, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Rasheem Mostert, uh, George Kittle, all these big-name guys. But at the end of the day, these small-role guys end up winning you football games. I'm going with Damian Williams, the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. In this game plan, the Niners want to prevent the deep pass as much as possible. Richard Sherman can't no, – actually, scratch that. None of the Niners' cornerbacks can keep up with Tyreek Hill. No one in the league can. Miko Hartman's basically the same guy except a little bit slower. The impact that Damon Williams is going to have is going to be unmeasured. They're going to try to spread him out early in the game and then get to the run in the second half. HB draws, slip screens, those little like pound and ground two or three yard gains. But I guarantee you he'll have at least 80 yards, if not 100, with a touchdown. Wow. Bold. Well, I'm excited to watch this game. I don't know about you guys. I, I know it's it hasn't had all the storylines leading up to it. I've had a, a lot of a lot of stuff going on in, in the media surrounding say, football. Gr- and- I'll say this is a great transition, too, to get to our last topic of the day. Mm-hmm. But the NFL will be honoring Kobe Bryant during the game at yeah. some point. I don't know I what the say, capacity but- is going to be for that. But uh, they have to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. every st- I mean, just the impact alone of what Kobe means to it. And I'm very interested to see what the NFL does as a whole because all I mean, NHL has done it. The, obviously, the NBA has done it. Yep. Soccer and soccer, they've done it too for Kobe. Um, 
I'm very interested to see what the football world has is going to do for this right. uh, and, and in memory of him. And the NFL needs some good headlines. You go back to like they AFC yeah. championship. Like it's getting overshadowed by what's going on in baseball In baseball's off season is it's getting more talked about than what's actually going on in championship weekend. And then especially in the pro bowl, the day of the pro bowl and Kobe Bryant passes away and this, this, the game just kind of becomes second to, to everything going on this day. The NFL really needs the Super Bowl to be a, a good game um, to, to bring it back. But, but like you said, um, on on Sunday, Sunday morning, Kobe Bryant, Lakers legend, um, world philanthropist, just great, great human being, um, a leader, generational talent, passed away at age 41 in, in California with his with his daughter, Gianna Bryant, and along with the, the Altabelli family who was associated with with baseball and the Boston Red Sox, especially. Um, so our hearts go out to them. But we're going to we're going to kind of mellow down talk about it. we've had our we've had our, our super bowl picks our, our patriots talk but it's now time to to like tyler was saying in part one of this episode um to honor honor their legacy within the ways that we can with our voices and um, speak about what kobe's meant to us um to the game to to our lives in general because i i i'll kind of speak first about it um growing up uh we're all celtics fans here but man i hated kobe bryant I hated that guy growing up, um, just understanding what he was able to do on the court against us. Like, that's the only way I knew Kobe growing up, um, not, not, like personal levels, just watching TV, Celtics, Lakers once, twice a year, um, him lighting us up for 30, 40 a night. It just was brutal. Um, but just one more thing on this day in, in Boston sports history, nine years ago, the Celtics and the Lakers actually played a game together in TD Garden, and the Celtics won 109-96, to and Paul Pierce and Kobe Bryant went at each other. Kobe Bryant finished with 41 points, and Paul Pierce finished with 32. But just the, the legacy that Kobe has, especially seeing the outpouring of love coming from a city like Boston where everyone is supposed to not like him. Like I'm included in that, but seeing the the impact that this guy was able to have on the game of basketball um, and in, in the lives of people that were his rivals. Like that's one of, I think it's really given me a moment to step back and look at sports and the rivalries we have with each other. Like me as a Red Sox fan, looking at like the Yankees legends, like those guys are, they're doing good things and uh, they're human beings too. And like, yes, they're my rivals, but, the game wouldn't be what it is without the rivals that you get to play against. Um, like the having, having someone to, to dethrone Tom Brady, eventually like having the game, the game isn't the same without someone to play it against. And that's what Kobe meant to, to us. Meant, it's what he meant to me um, as a Celtics fan. And if you guys want to speak, speak on that. When I, uh, when I first saw this news, I, um, I didn't believe it uh, <laughs> as most of us did. I thought it was just an internet hoax. Like a lot of this stuff is, and then it starts to come out more and more and you see, uh, that Kobe Bryant might have been in this helicopter and finally that him and his daughter passed away in this this tragic accident. Um, I, I still don't have a lot of words um, to put into it what Kobe Bryant meant to to, to Boston and, and not in a traditional way, as you just said. Right. Um, Kobe Bryant was the perfect rival. He was the perfect enemy to have. He, he gave it his all every time he faced you on the court. And I really thought he was done breaking our hearts um, up until about a week ago today. Um, and it's just unbelievable to me to see a guy who has changed the game so much and just and been like the face of a generation of basketball 
just just pass away in this this shocking mm-hmm. and, and saddening fashion. Um, Kobe Bryant was like I, last episode. I know I'm getting some hate. Um, I said Kobe Bryant was on a top five Laker of all time, uh, uniform wise, as as in like mm-hmm. he's not the top five player in NBA history to wear a Lakers uniform. And I, I do stand by that. I'm not gonna take that away. But obviously, not the conversation to have. Uh, right now, um, my hearts go out to him and his family. Um, he'll be remembered as one of the best basketball players of all time and uh, one of the greatest philanthropists of all time. Um, just all the work he did with 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 the youth and, and basketball in general. So um, my prayers go out to him, his wife, and and his remaining children. And just uh, just uh, that's about it. I have a lot to say about this. Um, and. Before you listen, viewer discretion is advised and listening discretion is advised because I'm going to get into a little heated things about this as well, too, Um, because I have a bone to pick with somebody about this. Uh, In terms of Kobe Bryant, I mean, growing up, um, you know, it it just stinks that Kobe, the Celtics Lakers rival, Kobe kept that going with Mm -hmm. Pierce. And I'm glad we got to see that. It's unfortunate Kobe and the Celtics don't match up quite a bit as much during the time uh, because of East Coast, West Coast. But it was very fitting for the Celtics to get that NBA championship in 2008 over the Lakers, over Kobe Bryant, getting that win in his face, but also Kobe running it back a couple years later and getting that um, and splitting the series. Wish they could have played one more time with each other. And I wish the big three era worked out like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Because what reminds me of is LeBron James, like how LeBron James with Cleveland and Miami always going against the Celtics. You play him a couple times a year. You play him in the playoffs a bunch. I mean, that's what Kobe was for the Celtics. Um, You know, a couple things that are unfortunate is just that he was going into the Hall of Fame like this this summer. And it's just so bad and so unfortunate that, you know, he can't go on stage and accept that and give his speeches and talk about his career and really enjoy his career. He's not, you know, he's done it and he did so many amazing things on the court and that he doesn't have enough time to just step back for a second, look back and be like, damn, I can't believe I did this, this, and this and have that ceremony of all his close friends and rivals Mm -hmm. and allies come out there and appreciate and support and love what he did, uh, in the game. Um, Kobe is one of the all time greats. It's, uh, well, I was talking to GRD about this. I think it's actually more of a loss for the WNBA and for women's basketball because of yeah. what he was going to start doing with his daughter. Uh, I know Killer Kevin Tyler touched on that in part one. And uh, it stinks because I think he would have put a lot of focus into it. And even GRD saying, like, you know, let's say if uh, UConn, because that's where she was going to go mm-hmm. to, we probably pop it down to a couple games down there just to meet Kobe and just to see him and everything like that. So. Um, it really is unfortunate. I, I will say this, uh, cause there's so much to talk about. Don't let the death blind you like in the sense of where you put Kobe in terms of stats. I know that's why I'm going to defend you right there, Joe, about that. And you're sticking with what you did because the second he, someone passes away, you're like, Oh, well, he's the greatest of all time. You still want to have those debates cause they're fun. Like I still put MJ mm-hmm. like above Kobe, like because of what he did, but Kobe definitely deserves to be that recognition. I think it's LeBron and Kobe that you have to do that. And how crazy is it that LeBron passes Kobe and then the next day this happens. And, and that is more eerie in this situation too. And doesn't feel like it's real. Um, obviously the timing of this is just, it's just terrible. Um, everyone has their own ways of mourning in certain situations, except for that one douchebag comedian that came out and made fun of him 
and said that Kobe deserves to die because of what he did with the whole allegations prior. Uh, I hope no one ever goes to his shows again. You don't want to joke about someone mm-hmm. dying. It's absolutely dumb. Um, you know, this is the good thing for the NBA is that everyone's doing it their own way. Very awesome to see the eight second violation a 24 second violation things going on mm-hmm. a good way to do the tributes i just saw that the nba today is doing something for the all-star game where it's like each quarter is now like it resets zero to zero and then they add 24 points afterwards like the that's only the fourth quarter that's the yeah and, and i saw i was like that's too confusing but i think they should have you know one team wear eight the other wear team to wear 24 a couple other takes really quick like Retiring his number is probably the stupidest thing to do. Um, it's a slap in the face to everybody else that played the game before him. I understand, you know, maybe if he if this happened while he was playing at the end of his career, I could see that. But the guy's already retired. What about Michael Jordan? Why isn't his number retired in everywhere? You know, uh, what about Bill Russell? Why isn't his number retired everywhere? Oh, why isn't every pioneer? There's always going to be pioneers of the game. Even after LeBron James, mm-hmm. there are still going to be like Giannis. Like there's going to be these guys that are coming that are going to be once in a lifetime players. Um, I will say this again. This is where I'm getting it again to where I'm going to shit on some people. Fuck Mark Cuban. And I think what he did was a complete publicity stunt for him to retire Kobe's number. Why is that, Babs? So Mark Cuban was trying to run for presidency this upcoming year, and I know that he could have done it. Then it came out that there's a lot of sexual allegations going on within the Dallas Mavericks, and Mark Cuban knew about it and did absolutely nothing about it. Women being harassed. If you don't believe me, Google it right now because it happened and it came out. And then Mark Cuban went completely silent, and he was the first owner to come out and say, we're going to retire his number. And... You can say, oh, well, that's really nice of Mark Cuban to do that in Dallas. People are calculated in what they do, and I just want people to remember that. He's trying to save face. I will never support that decision. Um, if It's like the Miami Heat retired Michael Jordan's number. It's like, mm-hmm. why? It's a publicity stunt. If a number gets retired, like a Jackie Robinson thing, but the Jackie Robinson thing makes a ton of sense because of the, breaking the color barrier and, and, and everything in the time. I don't think Kobe has you know, that it factor to be able to be retired throughout the entire league like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the people uh, in terms of players wearing eight or 24, if they want to change, that's up to them, whether they want to wear it to support, like Kemba says, they'll do it or guys that are changing the number to support. That's completely onto them to do that. I think Kobe definitely does deserve some sort of um, an award or something like that, that he gets recognized for what he's done. Because, uh, again, it's very unfortunate because he would be changing the game of women's basketball 100%. Mm-hmm. I think the NBA logo makes the most sense to change it. I've read that Jer- even though Jerry West is the logo, he's the unofficial logo because there is a thing where the NBA would end up having to pay him. So that's a whole other thing, too. If Kobe Bryant ends up becoming the logo, it's not this year. It would end up taking a couple years. But then Vanessa Bryant needs to agree on something. There has to be money involved, merchandise sales. His now image is being sold across the world where does that money go to like these are little things that in the business world it's got to be thought of i think it Mm -hmm. should be changed and i think it should happen um down the line nothing like right away uh i'm a couple other things i'm going all over the place it is kind of good the all-star weekend is now coming up too because oh this is going to keep going on for a bit and that might be the greatest time for everyone to kind of come together at once honor him the league keeps moving on and keep going forward um and we'll see what happens with that. Tonight, Dog's going to Shaq's party. I was like, dude, that place is going to be crazy because of the Kobe thing. Um, it was, 
I watched some of the TNT thing the other night because they canceled the game and they had to sit down and it was mm-hmm. interesting to see everyone talking and everyone giving their own opinions and, and what what happens. Um, I kind of hate the media in a way because you know you can't hate on TMZ for reporting it; they're just doing their thing. But you have ABC yeah. reporting all four daughters are in the helicopter. All yeah. of a sudden, Rick Fox is in the helicopter. All of a sudden, the entire Los Angeles Lakers are in the helicopter. It's like, what's going on? Uh, I hate when I that happens. I have a bone to pick with that, actually. I have a real bone to pick with that. It is yeah. really against journalistic integrity and against all ethical code to just make up a story like this to get it out first. What a piece of shit. And I'm not even like, I'm sorry to get so upset about this, but yeah. it is unbelievable to me to have someone just need to be first and create a story for himself mm-hmm. and report and falsely report. Cause I know for a fact, he did not know who died in that, in that helicopter yeah. crash. And he just and, wanted to say it first. And, and that's an be- unbelievably terrible thing to do. And those haters out there of us, they'll be like, Oh, you guys said the Jersey thing. And that wasn't right. I mean, that was something that was told to us. Like we get told things and we just go out there with it. I mean, this is a death. Like this is yeah. like a person's family, and you're taking now an emotional roller coaster because Vanessa Bryant's getting the updates, and it's like all four daughters are there. All of a sudden, like Rick Fox is there because even Rick Fox was talking about it and said mm-hmm. his he got calls from friends and like, oh my god, I can't believe you're still alive. Like they're being reported, you're in there. Uh, that was a lot of bullshit with that. Um, you know, uh, I think that on the show always must go on. I think the day of they should have canceled the games though. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's hard because they they said they were going to, but then I think even Madison Square Garden was like, no, we're not going to redo this game like because they have contracts and money. Like the NBA would have lost a lot of money too if mm-hmm. they didn't play those games. So it was a tough thing, uh, a tough thing to do. Here's my bone to finally pick is LeBron James, and it, it's it's sensitive times, but I got to stick with what I think is happening. Um, you know. It's crazy for LeBron, and you don't know what what he's what his mindset is because a he passed Kobe, he looks up to Kobe, his career. They have a good relationship. Kobe's last tweet and IG post forever will always be LeBron James, and when you look at it, it looks like him giving the passing of the torch to LeBron, and literally tells him to go get it, like go go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're LeBron and you're having a bad day. And you're looking at you can just look on your phone, look at Kobe, and always see that message there. That's pretty wild to, to me. And to the fact where Kobe, it came out LeBron and Kobe were talking in the morning, wouldn't doubt that at all because of just what happened the night the night before. Um, and I'm sure LeBron uh, was going through a lot of emotions. But I gotta say again, he's another guy that's very calculated in what he does. He was one of the last people to make some sort of social media post or make his statement because I feel like he wants everyone else to do theirs first. And the one thing I always have a problem with LeBron James, and it's those and anybody that listens at home, anybody that's listening out there, it's about staying humble, but it's about the keywords you use. If you know what I do just as a spiking, and I'm, and I'm, oh, I'm a nobody, I'm a low-tier guy, I don't like using the words I, I don't like using the words me. It should always be we, us, our. Use it about us, the community that builds you around. And I read LeBron James's thing when he finally made his post, and it seemed like he made it about himself. I will make sure I carry your legacy going forward. It all falls on me, and I'm going to do this. I hate that shit. I really do. And I love LeBron. You know I love LeBron. You know I'm a big support of him. But that's the stuff that makes hate people hate LeBron. And it's something that you're not. I'm not going to go up here and fight and fight and fight because you really can't do that. 
But it's something that I posted about it, and there was a couple DMs that slid my way, and a couple people were like, that's actually interesting because it's kind of true. Like, it makes it about himself. It's very egotistic to use Kobe Bryant's death to say, uh, and again, we don't know their relationship, so you can't really talk shit. But mm-hmm. to make it seem like I'm gonna carry out your legacy, I'm gonna go win the finals. Like I'm gonna, you know what he's, and he's gonna win the finals, and then say I won this for Kobe, I did this for Kobe. Like, I just, I just, it turns me off in a way. It just, it, it just, I don't know. And that's the one thing I just hated about LeBron's thing. And you know what he's gonna do on Friday? What's it today? You know what he's gonna do? He's gonna drop 81 points tonight. He's gonna tell everybody on the court. I'm going to take fucking 60 shots. I'm going to take, you know, uh, he's going to do something tonight that's crazy. He's going to drop 81, and everyone's going to say, wow, what an amazing effort that LeBron James, and he did it for Kobe. The stat books are never going to say that. The stat books are just going to say he scored 81 points on January 31st, 2020. Um, You know what I mean? Like, Well, my thing about it, Babs, I I don't know if you have anything else to say. I've got got a little more to say. Sorry sorry if we're going long. Um, But... Everyone has their own Kobe stories. That's what we've been seeing come out the last week. Um, everyone has their favorite moment, every interaction, everything that they, they've had with Kobe. And I think that, like, yes, LeBron may have made it about himself. Yes, he passed Kobe on the all-time scoring list the night before, like hours before that this this tragedy occurred. I think, um, I think LeBron took time to make, like, to figure out what was going on. Because these guys were on the team plane when it happened. They didn't know if it was real. Just like the rest of us. They didn't know what was happening. And they were isolated to just the team on the plane. They didn't know. like where, Or they didn't have the means to, to, to get in touch with everybody. To figure out what was going on. Um, and when they landed. And, and understanding. That, like this is. This is this hits home for a lot of people. Like yes it, it, it hurts. It's going to hurt them differently than it's going to hurt us as fans of the game, as watch, just watching Kobe, as opposed to being in relationship with him like LeBron is, being in contact with him so often since he signed with the Lakers. I do think LeBron has has that he has that um, platform. He has that ability to, to say, yeah, Kobe was my guy. He's one of the reasons I'm like wearing uh, purple and gold today. He's one of the reasons like I'm playing basketball. He's one of the reasons um, that like I'm going out every night to 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 score to to help lead this Lakers team. Like, but that is his. That's his thing now. Like, this Lakers team has the ability to do something special now with all the pieces. They're they're the best. This is the best Lakers team we've seen in the last five six years. And I think I, I'm a big advocate. I I believe in this thoroughly. That I think the Sports in the time of tragedy is something that is it's hard to be reckoned with. It's a lot of burden to take, but I think um, just the outpouring of love from Kobe Bryant's passing, I think you're going to see, you've already seen the city of Los Angeles come together and like, that was our guy. That guy, that guy was the heartbeat of, of our city. You can't mention Los Angeles basketball without speaking about Kobe Bryant, and that's before he even passed away. He is so important to that city that the way that a guy like David Ortiz is to Boston, it's so, so important. Um, but I do think LeBron, everyone's going to have their own Kobe Bryant stories. Everyone started coming out and saying like, yes, we had this we had this interaction a few months ago. We had this interaction years ago. We had this beer run a few few years ago when he was a rookie. Um and I think that's that's one of the most important things. People are going to have like their say about yes, he did this right, yes, he did this wrong. Um, like you talked about, he he had allegations when when he was still just a kid. He came into the NBA as a kid. He was 17 years old, 
And I think that's one of the best parts about Kobe Bryant um, and everyone that's come together in, in the past few few days. We're not worshiping for being good at basketball. We're not worshiping him for being a perfect human being. We're, we're, we're acknowledging the fact that he was a great man. He did everything. No, he wasn't perfect. No, he wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. I no, know you guys aren't perfect. No one's going to be perfect. It's impossible. It's hard for to do that, man. But the the way that Kobe carried himself, the way that he was able to to move through, in, in spite of not being a perfect human being, we knew that. We knew that about him. Nobody, nobody is. But um, the impact that Kobe had in spite of that, the, the way he was able to lead people, the way he was able to to care about others, the way he was able to, to shine a light um, – like on, on women's basketball and just encourage that game. Cause yes, I, I know I'm guilty of, of making fun of women's basketball all the time. Um, but I went to a game last night and had, had a ton of fun, went overtime. I enjoyed it. Um, I think that's one of the, there's so many ways we can honor Kobe's legacy, retiring numbers, changing the logo. But I think one of the things that Kobe would have wanted, like playing the NBA games, the, the day of his passing, I think one of the important things is to, to honor the legacy of Kobe Bryant is, is to, to, to start caring about, <laughs> Um, women's basketball it, it can be hard sometimes I don't want to get into that whole thing but um, knowing that that's something that he would have wanted and like as a rival and as someone that like yeah. genuinely loved and cared about Co- Kobe Bryant at this point um, in time it, it, it hurts different but I definitely want to that to be something going forward and um, even the the some of the stories that came out about the even the thing going around right now the uh, hashtag girl dad um, I know as a like I'm a young man, I like wanted wanted to have boys my entire life and teach them baseball and play pass with them, that kind of thing. And I think shining a light on Kobe Bryant, hear all the stories about, yeah, I didn't need a son. Like Gigi was going to do that, and um, she was going to carry that Mamba mentality going forward, and she was going to carry that mantle of the Bryant name and be able to to play basketball at a really high level. And she already was, and that's something we're never going to get to see now. And you talked about UConn. I'm the biggest UConn guy around. Um, seeing their tribute to to Gigi and and to Kobe and just understanding that we're not going to ever get to see what that could have been. We're not going to get to see what Kobe could have done with the the game of women's basketball. And that's the thing is that with Kobe Bryant is that he just finished out his, you know, regular career, went quiet a little bit. So much more. And now he's focusing on the second half of the next 40 years of whatever he ends up doing. The creativity. And that's like um, LeBron, like LeBron, after he retires, whenever that ends up being, is he's going to still have a humongous positive impact on mm-hmm. the game, just like Michael Jordan retires and has a humongous impact on culture and like in way uh, like footwear and like Jordans and shit like that, sportswear and stuff. Uh, just just to wrap up, though, I just want to say one yeah. more, just to wrap, I'll be quick. Um <laughs> I know it's important to take the proper time to mourn and to grieve and to heal as, as a community. I think the All-Star Game is perfect for that, like you said, Babs, where we have a nice one weekend to, to wrap up and just just to, to properly heal and mourn and everything. But I do think it's important not to dwell on loss because if you start right. doing that, it becomes a problem. And yeah. it, it, it keeps spiraling and spiraling to the point where people don't feel well about themselves and, and, and the game starts to lose kind of this lackluster, this lackluster fuster on the entire game. Um, but I think the Lakers are going to win the championship now. And this is like a whole different they, spiritual thing that's going to go on to, and they're going to win the championship now. They, it's going to be hard, they, but I believe. They were favored. Like, mm-hmm. they, they look so good this season that I knew they were going to be in the finals no matter what. And uh, it's kind of funny because everyone's like, oh, LeBron's going to go to the West. That's going to be really hard. That's going to be really hard. Well, you know what? You got Anthony Davis, and you got a little team around him, and they look really fucking good. Uh, we'll say this, though. No matter what, this is like the biggest 
death. Like, yeah. like one of the, one of the biggest, like for me personally, I said that I think the biggest celebrity death that I've ever lived through was uh, Michael Jackson yeah. because that like stopped and halted the entire world. Um, Kobe stopped and halted the world, the sports world though. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are still plenty of people out there that don't even know who Kobe Bryant is. Don't follow basketball really. But uh, Kobe, the fact that Kobe touched all four major sports plus overseas mm-hmm. soccer, plus some of the, any, any other minor sports, no matter, no matter what, it was a big shocking thing. Um, and it's, it's different. Cause like, let's say if Michael Jordan dies in two years from now, it's like, well, who's kind of like up there in age, like, you know, his late fifties, it's still young, relatively young, but you know, he's already done this and this and this. I mean, it's the shock factor that comes into, to what it is. And, May, and it's a good thing that it makes everyone just stop for a second around the yeah. world and appreciate what they have around them, appreciate exactly. the love and support. Like you said, the whole dad girl movement that's going to come off of this and, it's kind of like, wow, look at Kobe Bryant. This guy wins five championships, has all the money in the world, and has everything kind of in his hands, and it just like that can slip away. Mm-hmm. And it's something out of his control, too. It's not like, uh, you know, he put, the, you know, the whole him flying helicopters thing, like, it's I've seen people go against him. Like, why would he do yeah. that? He should be driving. It's like, dude's got the money to do it. It's why just not? his part of transportation. It makes it easier, and he's even said it gets me to where I can be. I mean – that pilot's the same pilot for uh, Kawhi Leonard and is the yeah. same pilot for the Kardashians. I mean, like, they're just, it's just Couldn't what L.A. is. It yeah. could have been anybody. It's just what L.A. living's all about. And just Robert Kraft takes a helicopter everywhere he goes yeah. to. Like, he does that every game. So, I mean, it's just a freak, it's a freak accident of what had happened. Yeah. And just, just to closing remarks to wrap yep. it up, I know we've gone pretty long here. Just Hold your loved ones close. Call that call that friend you haven't seen in a while. Let them know you love them. Let them know you care about them. Because um, I think this is a perspective thing. You, you, nothing is ever promised. We tomorrow isn't promised. Like I'm having fun doing this with you guys right now. Um, just call your call your parents. I talked to my parents for the first time in like a month just because of this whole thing. I think um, there's not a lot. There's it's hard to see silver linings to this, but seeing um, the outpouring of love, the um, the generosity and just people loving each other. Um, I think it would be pretty cool. I, you can, we, we can stop recording eventually, like eventually, like as soon as I say this, but this is 28th episode of Boston's big three. We're going to, we're going to finish the show with uh, no music, no nothing. We're just 24 second moment of silence for Kobe.